This episode of Sex Nerd Sandra is sponsored by AdamandEve.com. They're offering some pretty sweet deals, friends. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Type in promo code SEXNERD at checkout and score awesome goodies. First, 50% off almost any item, which is rad. And then, of course, free shipping, which is my fave. Three free adult DVDs and an extra spicy secret little gift. Ooh. Now, of course, I'm going to take a commercial and turn it into a learning moment. So, in celebration of this week's topic on a common roadblock to sexual pleasure, which is genital pain, I found a helpful little tool on their site, the Waterproof Prostate Massager. It's $26.95, and the funny thing about this is that I realize it's designed, or it says it's for anal play, but actually, because it's only a half an inch thick, it's very long and has an angled head, it's perfect for someone who has a very hard time getting uh, anything large in. So it's helpful as a starter dilator. And the angled head is great for massaging out trigger points vaginally. And we'll, we'll get into all that fun anatomy stuff later about what a trigger point is. So And it vibrates, which is yay. And you can also, of course, play with it for your prostate or just anally. Of course, no base without a trace, so be careful because there's no base on this toy. So anyway, go to adamandeve.com, type in sexnerd as a promo code, and get 50% off any item, almost any item, free shipping, three free DVDs, and a super secret gift. Ugh, they had me at free shipping. Now entering nerdist.com. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are all these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. Hey guys. Hey, so uh, we are continuing on with my sex nerdery where uh, <laughs> we're, Dave and I are going to talk about something amazing and then hand it off to a conference recording that I took at the Sex Science Conference. Uh-huh. 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 And um, I attended a session that changed everything about my understanding of the genital anatomy. Wait, everything? <laughs> everything. Everything? Or it, it helped me frame what I already know in a, in a much bigger like, way. Okay. So the recording that we're going to have later is with a psychotherapist named Rachel Pearson. And uh, we're going to talk about, basically we're going to be talking about genital pain because we love pleasure, but what happens when you're feeling discomfort and your doctor has no idea what to tell you? Because the problem with genital pain is when people are having uh, penetrative discomfort from just even a finger and they tell their doctors, oftentimes they're like, it's in your head and they have to go talk to a therapist because it's something mental when really there's real pain there. Right. But most doctors and therapists aren't trained at all on how to deal with it or like a doctor can look at the vag and be uh, in there looking around, not seeing any scar tissue, not noticing anything. And you say, like, it hurts. It hurts when I have sex. And they just are like, well, you know, or you had a baby. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> well, that's a very obtuse doctor. Yeah, no. You and had people, a baby. Deal with it. Yeah, it's like, what do you think was going to happen? Like, people have been told this. Wow. Like, literally. And, um, and I mean, it's a total bummer. But the important thing is that people start finding out that this is a real thing that's happening to millions of women. And actually, it turns out that... Uh, men also can experience genital pain, especially post-ejaculatory pain. Sure. 
And when, um, let's see, we're going to be talking, I'm going to be talking about uh, Dr. Jennifer E. Celso, who runs a practice for women's uh, sexual health in, uh, oh my God, I keep wanting to say Winnetka, Canada, but it's Wichita, Kansas. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That was... That was, I think, funny simply for you to see <laughs> that progression happen right in front of me. But I <laughs> keep meaning to say it's uh, <laughs> Winnetka, Canada, but it's Wichita. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yes. That, uh, uh, I keep uh, meaning to say it's Toronto, Ontario, but actually it's Tennessee University. It's... Uh, <laughs> Just, oh, God. I get it. I'm sorry. It was really, oh, that was so funny to me. I'm Probably kidding. just me, because I saw your face. <laughs> you lit up. I'm like, actually, it's in Kansas. <laughs> Dave gets to see all my facial expressions when I um, have these light bulb moments. super excited. Yeah, so <laughs> podcast-wise, you don't get to see me express my nerdiness in my face. If Oh, but P.S., uh, the Nerdist channel just launched on YouTube. And uh, if you would like to see some of the Sex Nerds Under podcast as a visual to tweet the hell out of Nerdist. <laughs> yeah. Let them know you want this because uh, they're doing amazing work at the Nerdist uh, channel. And, and please subscribe because there's great stuff coming out, including Kids of the Hall is going to be available to watch, which is sweet. Really? Yeah. Um, I didn't mean that. By the way, that wasn't pre-prepared. I think that sounded like, uh, <laughs> really? What else do they have on the Nerdist <laughs> channel? <laughs> Tell me all about it. No, that's really exciting. But if you would like to see uh, what Dave sees and why he's laughing so hard, uh, just <laughs> at Nerdist channel and at Nerdist, just let him know that you want this as part of the programming for nerds. Um, yeah. And thank you for all the iTunes comments. You guys rock my world. Um, yes. So, okay. All right. Okay. Dave. What's up? Okay. So, physical therapy is, like, you think of physical therapy as something totally separate from sexual health. But it turns out that physical therapists can totally do amazing stuff for the genitals. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that sounded really, well, that sounded like what it sounded like. Um, Therapists can do amazing stuff for the genitals. But, um. Like make them come. Like, do you have back tension? Because like I have yes, back tension, very right? Bad. And you know when you have a friend massage your back and then they find that knot and they're and then they press on it and it's like, ooh, yeah, get that, get that. Yeah. Or it hurts really bad. Like don't like sometimes I'm really sensitive, so I generally be like, don't do it. Sure. Or you know, do it softly for a while. Right. And then, yeah. So it, like you can call that a trigger point, right? Where the muscles spasm into a, a ball, like into a little knot, right? And you have to really work that out. Turns out that, I mean, because we've talked before about like the bubacacageus muscles and all the PC muscles, all the genital muscles that really strap everything What's together. What's the first one? I don't think we've ever talked about that. Oh, PC. It's just the no, PC muscles. The what? Oh. Before that. Oh, I don't Bubacacagea, did you say that? Was oh, that the word? Bubacacageus. It's one of my favorite words. Yeah, there were, there were lots of amazing words. Um, well, what is that? Oh, um, that's just along for the PC muscle. It's like if you imagine... Uh, someone on their back with their legs open and just like where their front genitals and you know and their ass are just think of a figure eight of muscle tissue going around there and when you like where you squeeze to hold your pee in like all those muscles that are just just there are layers and layers of muscles going all around your genitals and pelvic sure. region 
and um and strengthening those can you know help in orgasm and and ejaculatory control and all that so that name is so interesting yeah how do you can you say i I know we have a lot to get to. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, can you phonetically say that so I can say that word a lot? Pupacacagius or... is the first part? Oh, no, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll say it right. Pupacacagius. Although some people say pupacac... <laughs> you keep saying poop. It sounds <laughs> like... Poop. like, yeah, Pupa. you pupacaca head. It's like Pupa you're angry at a child. Pupacacagius. So you might say sigius or cagius. Pupacacagius. And there's also the iliocacagius and the... Just the coccygeus. So there's there's several muscles, um, but yeah, it's it's fun to say really fast and make people confused. Pubacoccygeus. Um The thing is, is um, because uh, Jennifer Celso, she started becoming a a women's health physical therapist because after she gave birth to her first child and and after the healing. Um, it happened. She had sex with her husband and it felt like the worst stabbing pain she'd ever experienced. Holy mackerel. Um, and she'd already was working in physical therapy from what I remember, but she, um, and her, she went to her doctor and her doctor had no idea what to do. It said, everything looks fine. You're just going to deal with it. And, and she just knew that this was a part of physical therapy she needed to go into. And she's doing amazing change. Like she and the, um, uh, cause Genital pain can be because of physical things, like a car accident, because you're um, you had a rip when you gave birth. It could be because of mental traumas. It could you know it could, so many sure. reasons. Sure. So the thing is, is about the back knots, is those are the knots that you also can have in your genitals. So in the PC muscles. So if you have these little knots of pain all around your genitals, or not pain, or just knots, and you're trying to have sex, you can have incredible discomfort internally and externally from sex play. Um, yeah, I never would have thought of that. Yeah. That makes sense. I had no idea. So they're called trigger points. Right. Um, and she showed a picture of a, like a, a drawing of a woman you know, with her legs spread. And then she just had these purple squares like just all around and yellow squares for, like for where internally you could have these trigger points. And it was just, it was basically just like a, a dot fest just all around. And we were all like, oh, and the entire audience was like, I get it. So... If you know someone, if you yourself or your partner is having discomfort, I highly recommend that you you find out if there's um, a physical therapist in your area that might be able to check you out. And what you need to find out about um, about this sort of thing is because not all physical therapists are going to know this sort of stuff. But you need to find out if they do biofeedback, which is where they actually uh, test out the electrical impulses in your uh, pulses in your muscles, and see because at rest my muscles generally should be at like a a five. But if they see that they're at a 15 or 20, that means that your muscles are still active even though you're relaxed and that means that they're holding tension or whatnot. So that even though your doctor can't figure out what the problem is, they can do that test and and see that there's there's something there. So cool. Yeah. Um, A large part of me wants to go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also need to ask, like, do you do manual massage for trigger points? Because a lot of people won't even look at your genitals to find out why it's hurting. So they need to, I mean, it may sound a little, a little like, oh my God, you're going to massage my genitals. But seriously, like they need to get in there and like work some shit out, you know, and be like, no, seriously, let's do this. Um, and actually sexological body workers, those are massage therapists that can work on the genitals. And a lot of people hire them to do, um, massage after childbirth cause for, uh, breaking up scar tissue. Cause scar tissue can be incredibly painful. Yeah. So, yeah. 
I don't know, I'm just going off, Dave. Yeah, no, totally. I'm listening. Yeah, it's just, it's so it's exciting because this is the information that hasn't been out there. This physical therapist has never been to a sex conference, never told sex people this ever. And we were just like, we need more of this. Like, why don't we know this? It was amazing to to uh, the multidisciplinary approach that, uh, I mean, I don't know, it's amazing. That's all. Just really exciting. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how many people experience stuff like that. I've never had, I don't, I mean, I, I've never had stuff that, I've never had severe pain after sex. But it has happened to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I, but I've always sort of thought that it was a cleanliness thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, um... Because this, uh, like, my penis hurts if I, if I urinate, if I pee very soon after I've had sex. You mean, like, at the tip? Uh, yeah, well, no, like, uh, the tip and, like, inside, near the tip, I guess. It's like a, like a stinging, uncomfortable hmm. feeling. Uh, that happens, and sometimes it happens to me without urinating right after sex. You know, it makes me think maybe I'm dehydrated or something, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. I've heard of this before, and I don't have an answer for that. I am curious about what happens where, I mean, you may, if you don't have gonorrhea or syphilis or any sort of STD, what, why is it after sex? Was it with a condom? Um, with or without. It's happened both times. Okay. Both, both times I've had sex. The one time I had <laughs> sex with the condom and the one time without. Right. Yeah, just yeah. got to do everything once, you know? Yeah, right, but just once. Just once. Um, but why would there be burning or discomfort closer to the tip after sex i don't have an answer for that and i want to know so i want to uh say uh you know let you guys listen to this awesome um therapist's viewpoint on how she treats people with vaginal pain um and especially couples um but first i want to say first of all if you're experiencing discomfort especially with penetration and you want to accommodate something larger than you you can um, and I'm not saying like wow that street cone looks really sexy but like you know <laughs> you can't handle a finger or anything past a tampon <laughs> is really uncomfortable um, dilators you can dilate which is where you um, take something like a very thin dildo and put it in you and just like watch TV and let your body relax to that to that size the thing is is if you use dilators I mean, there's info online you can your doctors do tend to know about dilators don't ever force something in and create pain because that connection between in your mind between uh doing anything to my genitals and pain if you keep treading the same path it's gonna totally just move you in the wrong direction so um don't go too far too soon second if you do find that there's a certain part in your body that has discomfort or pain And you think it's because of a trigger point. Of course, I'm saying go see a physical therapist. Talk to your doctor. I'm just giving you like all the cool knowledge I just got. A curved toy is really helpful. Like something that's hard and curved and rounded at the tip so that you can actually, you know, kind of like something like a back scratcher. How it's curved so you can scratch your back. But it's something that you can press inside. Um, That would be cool. And kegels. I didn't realize this, but squeezing your pee muscles, right? The ones that you hold to hold your pee in. Squeeze them, squeeze them, squeeze them, then relax. Make sure that if you're putting something inside yourself or a partner, that they are not squeezing as a way where they're thinking they're relaxing their, their vagina. Because it turns out that if you don't check in with someone who, who's having vaginal pain, they may be doing the exact opposite with their vagina as what they should be in order to allow something inside themselves. <laughs> Which I had no idea. So you're like, relax. And she's like, squeeze, 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 squeeze. It's like, no, don't try and suck me in. Interesting. Put, like, yeah, relax and push out. So... Anyway, and if you're going to have a baby after 32 weeks of pregnancy, you can start doing a perineal massage internally uh, toward the tailbone in order to help stretch the tissue and get it ready for childbirth. And that can really help with um, preventing t- 
herring. So that's me just doing a brain dump of all this cool stuff that I have. And I love you guys. I want you guys to have a good time and be safe and take care of your bodies and stuff. And, um, you know, have nice orgasms. Hey, I agree with all of that. (laughs) Have a good time. Have nice orgasms. Man, just enjoy life. (laughs) Seriously. Just hang out. Um, so thank you so much and uh, enjoy the rest of uh, the interview with uh, Rachel Pearson. All right, sex nerds. Hello. Okay. Yes, I'm still at conferences because I love conferences. Uh, I'm at the uh, Quad S Western Region Conference and I'm here with, wait, how do you say it? Rachel Pearson? Rachel Pearson. And I'm here with Rachel Pearson. Dr. Rachel Pearson? Sure. Oh, my God. I love how everyone's just got all these letters after the name. Anyway, I just went to her talk on uh, treating uh, physical vaginal pain, genital pain, uh, which is not really talked about a whole lot at all in um, uh, in medical schools and whatnot. Um, uh, Rachel, is it okay if I call you Rachel? Definitely, please. Uh, where do you do your work? I'm based in Wichita, Kansas, which is almost exactly middle America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so very conservative area, uh, but really good people wanting to have really good sex. Yeah, I mean, Wichita, shout out to you yeah. guys. Go Shockers. <laughs> Ooh, the Shockers. Yeah. Well, that's totally different when you talk about sex. Okay. Um, so, I mean, what do you have, like a client or two a week? Like really, how many people could possibly need this kind of work? Well, sexual pain impacts 20 million American women. So it impacts a lot of women uh, of all different ages. So you can have women who are, you know, 18, 19, 20 and have never been able to have sex because, frankly, they can't get the penis in. Um, Or you can have women who have had pain post-delivery, post-car accident. Uh, So it impacts a lot of different women. Okay, well, that's important to be aware of. That's that's a lot more than a couple, mm-hmm. 20 million. Mm-hmm. So you're pretty busy in Wichita? Very busy in Wichita. And I work with a uh, physical therapist. i got to give a shout-out to my friend Jennifer Salso, who co-presented with me today. So I do the sex therapy or talk therapy component, and she does the hands-on body work or the physical therapy. Who are these women in terms of um, – well, you, you talked about that there are physical things like car accidents, childbirth, which is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Right. But what about um, psychological reasons why they might be experiencing vaginismus and um, oh, what's dys- Dys- dyspronia is the technical term for sexual pain. And vaginismus is the term when there cannot be penetration. Uh, it'd be kind of like trying to insert a penis into a deflated balloon. It's just not going to go anywhere. The muscles actually contract, uh, not allowing anything to enter. So for some women, that also includes any uh, finger or a tampon. You can't get anything inside. And there's a significant amount of pain, not just an ouch, but a pain that can last for days, lots of bleeding. It's a pretty significant issue. Yeah, that blew me away, actually, when you said that the pain would last for days, like they wouldn't be able to go to work and whatnot. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's debilitating. Some women can't walk. Some, they just lay in bed. And so then their partner is caught in this place of, I want to have sex with you because it feels nice and I want to share this, but I don't want to do something that hurts you. So oftentimes um, when I'm working with a heterosexual couple, I'll tell uh, the male, you know, uh, how would it feel if you had sex and then we kicked you in the balls (laughs) every time? And then they kind of get the sense of, oh, that's why she doesn't want it. It's nothing personal, but if something hurts, you're not going to want to do that unless you like that pain. And vaginal pain is not an enjoyable kind of pain. Yeah, like that's not sexy pain. I mean, there's no. there's uh, good hurt good, bad hurt bad, and this yes. is a bad hurt. This is bad, bad, bad hurt. Uh, and oftentimes, women don't know what to do about it. If they have the courage 
and it takes a lot of courage to talk about this issue, if they have the courage and they go talk to their primary care doc or their gynecologist and there's a physical exam done, oftentimes there's no signal. There's no, oh, here's where the pain is. Um, they may have, um, you know, there's no scar tissue that's showing or anything that is physically explaining this pain. Uh, so if they're able to work with a physical therapist, work with a sex therapist to figure out um, is, is there difficulty with um, muscle structure, is there anxiety, depression that's going on that's contributing to this, one of the biggest issues I see, uh, religious conflict, anxiety around sex, a lack of information, um, not knowing about proper ways to uh, get arousal so that those muscles can relax. Right. Um, oh, what it, uh, I had asked in the session is that, I mean, there is the general like sex is dirty, sex is bad, all of these things, whether religious or not, mm-hmm. getting those signals. But then I asked what is specific to religious and you're like, they feel all that plus, and I'm going to hell. Yeah, and, and you have the element of hell. Mm, that's scary. <laughs> uh, for a lot of women, there's the, there's religious taboo, and um, you know they're often told sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is dirty, sex is wrong uh, until you're with a committed person, or maybe even until you're married. And that switch doesn't just flip because now you're committed, or you're married, or you're following the rules, so to speak. Uh, you're still hearing your mom's voice say, "Don't do it, don't do it, don't want it, it's bad," and so your body is clenching up, but you're wanting to be relaxed, you're wanting to enjoy it, and the muscles just aren't, aren't behaving. Right. And so the physical therapist that you work with, uh, Jennifer, mm-hmm. she does the physical work, but then you also give homework assignments, and you take away a lot of the stress through taking sex off the table. Am I, am I right about that? Yes. For most of my couples, I will say they have to sign up with a contract saying that they will not have sexual intercourse for 60 to 90 days. And most of uh, my male uh, partners in this look at me like, what? I was looking forward to homework exercises. You're telling me I can't have any sex? But if you take away that fear of pain, then, they, then the female feels comfortable uh, to engage in intimacy exercises exercises knowing there will be no expectation of being sexual. If there's no fear that sex will be expected or asked for, then women tend to feel more comfortable to explore pleasure, to think about pleasure, to change their narrative about what touching their partner and being touched by their partner could be like. So I can now do a back caress. I can receive a full body massage knowing that my partner isn't then going to say, so how about the next level? Where does this go from here? Uh, The rule is you engage in the homework exercise, but nothing beyond that. Anything else is, is cheating. You're not allowed to even guess, joke, hint that you would want more than what the exercise is asking you to do. Right. No peer pressure, no, no sense, like passive aggressive sort of look. Yes. We even address what happens if, uh, uh, let's say it's a heterosexual couple and the woman is struggling with sexual pain and her male partner says, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm game for this. I can handle this. But then he's mopey. He's pouty. He sighs. He withdraws. Uh, we address you know, what that looks like and how we're going to unpack that because I look at uh, this situation as a, a couple problem. She may be the one having the physical pain, but it affects the couple. Uh, and they're both responsible for creating change to have you know, fun, enjoyable sex. Right. And I mean, this might be an, sound extreme to some listeners, but I mean, this in even more subtle ways can really affect someone's sex life when they're experiencing discomfort of any sort, mental or physical. And you have a partner that's not very supportive 
and giving you subtle cues that they're not supportive. It's really debilitating. Oh, definitely. That's why for a lot of people, masturbation feels so comfortable because you don't have to worry about what your partner is thinking or feeling if you're masturbating alone. You can just be present with yourself, love yourself. You know what your body needs. Great. But then you put your partner's presence. And for so many, particularly women, uh, now I... there, there's confusion, there's concern, there's anxiety about what is he thinking, what is he feeling, what is he wanting, assuming a heterosexual relationship. And so there's less focus on my own desire because I'm too worried about what he's thinking. Um, here's a question um, that we didn't really talk about this morning in the session, but do you talk about with the couple um, the space for pleasure and the space for allowing his own, like for a male, if, if there's a male involved, especially his sexual satisfaction, like being like, it's totally fine and making it normal to masturbate and being like, it's fine if he does that. Like, and so that she also understands that he's a sexual creature. And even though he's supportive, he can still go off and do his thing and that's okay. It depends on the couple. Um, Given my location, there are some couples where masturbation would not be um, acceptable or would be shaming, not something that they're willing to work with. So I work with the couple where they're at, being respectful of their value system, uh, what's what's okay, what's not, their boundaries. Um, But if it's a couple that is acceptable with masturbation, oh, definitely. Educating them both on how to have pleasure with each other, how to have pleasure alone, how to masturbate together, how to masturbate, uh, you know, whatever works for their value system. And then it's important that they both be responsible for their own pleasure and then coaching their partner on how to share that pleasure that's important being responsible for your own pleasure that's like really important because you you can't give anyone else the responsibility for your pleasure i mean you're first you're the first offense um oh god you said so much um now of course there's plenty of other fun sexual activities that have no involvement of uh penetration Mm -hmm. do you find that the women who are experiencing this are like do you is does there seem to be a pattern in terms of well this is the only way to have sex i'm not going to engage in uh external vibration oral sex anal or any other i mean are they kinks kinky people as well or are they like this is the only way to have sex it really depends on the couple uh for some Uh, They've waited until they were in a committed relationship or maybe even marriage to have penetration. So it's kind of become its own monster. There's so much anxiety around it that it's become the goal. We've forgotten the journey for the destination. So they've forgotten about how fun foreplay and afterplay can be because they only want to focus on having that orgasm at any cost. So they've forgotten all the other fun, juicy stuff. Right. So sex, like, so they had been saving sex for marriage, but they'd been doing other sex play and having a good time. But now the monster has come out of the closet. (laughs) And they've forgotten all that great stuff that they were doing beforehand. And if there's fear of pain or fear that if they engage in oral sex, engage in any kind of stimulation, that their partner is going to take it to the next level, which might cause pain. Some women can tend to withdraw at all. Don't hug me. Don't touch me. Don't even wink at me. Don't even tell me I look nice in this dress because then you might expect sex. Right. And that might create pain. That is so important because when, let's say, uh, a male partner that I'm with or any actually any partner but like wants to go in and kiss me and hold me because touch is so important mm-hmm. and I pull away and go, uh, you know, calm down, buddy. Like, well, who do you think I am? They're going to feel rejected, feel like it's about them, that they're not good enough, and have all these issues when really inside I'm just going, I don't want pain. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. Yeah. 
And how? And there's an assumption made that just because he's leaning in for a kiss that he's wanting it to go further. I mean, unless he's saying this kiss means we're going to have intercourse, there's a lot of assumptions made. So helping couples unpack that, helping them reacquaint each other with pleasure without expectation that it go further than either is comfortable and giving them both permission to say no. A lot of my work is around giving women permission to say I don't, I'm not okay with that. I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to do that. And giving men permission to say that. We don't teach men in this country, it's okay to say no to sex. You don't have to be hot and hard and ready to go all the time because you're a man. You can have a headache. You can be too tired. You can rather play video games. That's totally cool. Um, but learning how to say no thank you and not having your partner feel rejected. Great. I mean, how do you say no without rejecting your partner? Like for me, if I'm not comfortable with something um, or if, if somebody else is, I'll say no, but you know what I would like to do or what would be fun. Exactly. Giving them an alternative, um, some reassurance, some validation that it's not a personal rejection. It's nothing against you. And oftentimes we don't have a reason and you don't have to have a reason. You don't have to, I don't want to do this because it's enough to say, I don't want to do that. Um, but is there another way that we could be close? Is there something else that we could do together that would help you feel uh, connected to me? And also, there's not a lot of education for men on how to initiate intimacy that isn't necessarily sexual. Touch is so important. And we don't teach men how to say, I need a hug. Could you hold my hand? I had a rough day. Instead, well, I know I can ask for sex and that's okay. But so many of my male clients, when we really get down to what are they wanting, they're wanting reassurance, they're wanting touch, they're wanting cuddling, which is basic human need. They're not necessarily wanting orgasm. Right. I've heard so many times like, oh, guys don't like to cuddle. That's a, that's a chick thing. But I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of wonderful men and they all really like to cuddle. Yes. They like a good hug. It's reassurance. I mean... We're not that different, male and female. You know, we both liked a, a quick hug of reassurance from our parents. And I come from an attachment narrative perspective. So I really look at the role of support from your partner and how that soothes you and makes you feel good. That could be um, taking a bath together. That could be having a handhold. That could be uh, making the coffee for you in the morning and helping couples figure out, um, uh, you know, what, what makes them feel soothed, what makes them feel comfortable. And for some, that's sex. But that could also be, you know, walking the dogs. It's so funny that we started with um, vaginal pain and we've sort of gone into like the basics of healthy relationships, which this really is um, in terms of uh, just touch. Because I do have I mean, we have a lot of uh, single listeners and virgin listeners, people who are not necessarily coupled. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say that. Like you had said earlier, even children, like if you had a child, just imagine if you never touched them. If you're not getting any physical touch, like go to your friends and be like, I need a hug. I just need to be held, you know, like have support from your friends. Most definitely. I mean, there's all kinds of research shown from um, orphanages, children who are given all the other basic necessities. They're diapered, they're fed, they're clothed, but they're not held. They're not rocked. They have failure to thrive. And adults, were just big grown-up babies. We still <laughs> need that affection. We still need that hug. We still need that reassurance that can come through a smile or a touch, some kind of physical comfort. And if you're not getting that, you're deprived. I mean, imagine if you weren't eating or you weren't breathing or you, know, you weren't getting basic life elements. It is a basic human right to have sex, to be comfortable with sex, and to also get that sense of fulfillment and validation and, and love and support from people. And on this note, do you have a big tip? Like the, the big, like if you could tell everyone one thing, what would it be? My biggest thing is that you have to own your own sexual pleasure. 
You can't expect somebody else to figure it out for you or wrap it up and give it to you like a present. I always hear, you know, I'm going to give her an orgasm. I gave him an orgasm like it was a gift. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that you have to figure out for yourself what that looks like and unpack that and then teach your partner and then provide feedback if they're not getting it right. Um, And not letting your concern for your partner's enjoyment prevent you from getting what you need. I mean, it's important to to share and to be concerned about your partner's needs, but don't let that get in the way of you exploring your own sexual potential. As a sex educator, I definitely fall into the category of really wanting to please and like just be like an A student in terms of my partner. And then like they're just like, I want to please you. I'm like, what? This is not important. Like this is – and then I'm like, oh, wait, that's important. I should probably – let you please mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. Oops. <laughs> that, that, that give and take, that balance. Yeah. It, it's about togetherness, but also being responsible for, for what works for you. Just like an aside, as a therapist, because I mean, that might be what I do at some point, like mm-hmm. going to therapy degree. Do you find that you're like in your personal relationships, especially romantic, you're kind of just like, I should be perfect at this because I'm a therapist and then like give yourself a hard time when you're like, having a fail moment oh we're all human and we all make mistakes and uh you know nobody's perfect and so i always laugh and say those who can't do coach those who can't (laughs) do teach haha uh and my i I, i'm married to uh a man and my husband he will often get comments uh like oh you're married to a sex therapist it must be amazing so there's a lot of expectations put on him as well of wow you guys just must be hanging from the chandeliers uh, so, yeah, there's there's certain expectation, but remembering to practice what you preach. And the biggest thing is self-care. I have to be aware of taking care of myself um, in terms of masturbation, in terms of, um, you know, I, I like to run. So doing things that make me feel good about myself and that makes me more whole so I can give more to him. And same for him. He's got his basketball night he goes to with the church guys every Sunday and Tuesday night. We don't miss that. That is his therapy. Nice. He goes to that. He has his time with the guys. And then he is a better support to me because he's a better support to himself. And professionally, I find that if I'm in my head about some personal drama, it is very hard to coach someone, you know, provide therapy. And I have to just tell myself, this is not about me. This is about them. And then Skype. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Being able to, um, you know, hold on to your own anxieties and your own concerns um, and not putting that on the client. Because, you know, they're coming to you to be a calm and unanxious presence. They need you to be able to to help them manage their anxiety, not put, put your own onto them. Um, awesome. Um, so, God, there's so many things. And I know that we have the awards luncheon downstairs uh, that's uh, going on. Free chicken? What? Um, but I wanted to ask for uh, females who are experiencing vaginal pain that are not coupled. Um, do you, well, or just general, what are some basic things a woman can do that's experiencing um, vaginal pain? Um, can you give us a few tips on that? Definitely. I would recommend she um, contact a therapist, an ASEC certified therapist. ASEC is short for the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. You can go to their webpage, www.asec.org, and find a therapist in your area. They're located all across the country, even in Wichita, Kansas. So you can find one, hopefully within driving distance, uh, to meet to discuss different sexual concerns um, and physical therapy is also really important um, there are certified physical therapists uh, all across the country who treat different types of uh, sexual struggles including sexual pain to help you figure out um, physically what is going on 
Right, because the pain is real. There might be trauma that you have to work through in your brain, but you're not crazy. It's happening. It, it is definitely real, even if um, your medical doctor may not be able to find out what it is. So a lot of our work we're doing now is educating primary care docs, educating gynecologists on some of the physical yet maybe not visible uh, signs uh, that can be contributing physical causes for sexual pain. So in terms of exercises, because we're trying to get these people out of the loop, and because men also can have physical pain after ejaculation, and to get them out of the loop cycle of thinking sex equals pain, sex equals pain, and you have to just sort of start out at the very beginning, um, what's some ba- what are some basic ways for people to, to start the process? You need to change the structures of your brain. Break that link between sex equals pain to I can feel pleasure. And you can feel pleasure any way that feels good for you. If that is um, getting a massage done professionally, if that is getting your hair and nails done, if that is going to a kickboxing class, whatever you can do for yourself to encourage pleasure, and then incorporating sexual things to that through masturbation, finding areas that are um, sexy and erogenous to you without pain. And that can be done with or without a therapist. There's great books out there to help um, encourage um, men and women uh, masturbation skills so that they're able to self-pleasure to um, reward the brain, to teach the brain sex can be fun and pleasurable and soothing and great with or without a partner. We have a thing that we started like at the beginning where I said like, you know, sometimes you just feel like uh, you're on team. You suck, you know, but really you just need to get on team fun. And it's sort of like getting, like, just taking that heaviness off your shoulders, throwing it aside and being like, let's just look at this as a, a fun, exploratory time. No worries, no pressure, no destination. Let's just have a good time. No expectation, no goal. Enjoy the journey. Uh, because you're worth the journey. And I think so many of us forget that we're worth the journey. We're so goal-driven or there's so many expectations placed on us from our cultural society or our partner or our own voice or our background that we forget just to slow down and to take the time for fun, figuring out what that looks like for you. And I know this podcast is free and you guys are awesome. But seriously, I do get emails for people who want to do coaching and I send them my sliding scale. And people are like, whoa. You know, and I have a very low because it's it's I'm just a co- I, I coach. I'm on Skype. I can be in my pajamas. You can't see that part, but I'm wearing a blazer and pajamas. Um, but if you're having issues, it is worth the cost of spending a couple hundred dollars on a session or two to kind of check in with a therapist, see a physical therapist. You're worth that. Like you are worth that money toward your sexual health. Most definitely. And if you are in an area that has a community mental health center, oftentimes they will have a sliding scale. If you are in an area that has a university or college, oftentimes they have a training center for counselors and therapists because all of us have to get our start somewhere. And if you are at a location that has a university, a college, a community center, there's most likely to be a counselor or a therapist there that you could see for five to 10 bucks. I mean, you're worth five to 10 bucks. Come on. That's like a meal uh, to go and meet with somebody. And if they aren't skilled in talking about these issues or if they aren't comfortable, they can help you find someone who is. So just to take that start to share your story with someone. And if they don't know how to validate it, get you the resources, they can send you to the next person who can. So don't take no for an answer. If you meet with your doctor, if you meet with your therapist, if you meet with anybody and they tell you this isn't real, this isn't a problem or you should just deal with it or that's what happens in life. No. 
Uh, I'm here to say that keep searching until you find a way to make sex pleasurable for you because there are resources out there. Yeah. Nothing else, just make out. Or that. <laughs> Even with yourself. All right. Just pinch your nipples a little and... <laughs> You know, give yourself a little slap and tickle. It's fine. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, pleasure. It's, it's so important. Um, yes. I'm fried. There's so much information just floating around this place. It's a great resource. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much again. How, where can people find you? Do you tweet? Do you have a book? Is there anything that people can check you, you know, out? With? I am not a technologically, you know, they say those of us who are, you know, 30s-ish. Uh, I need to, I need to get up on that, but very busy just with the clinic work. Uh, so you can feel free. Um, my email address, uh, doctor dot, uh, Rachel Pearson at pvi.org. Um, if you'd like to send an email, if you'd like to ask a question, I'm happy to, to answer those. I'm very, always happy to get questions and to try to send you resources. Again, the exact webpage full of information about techniques, about therapists, about places to go to, to get some really good stuff. And of course the quad S, uh, the conference that we're at a lot of good resources there. Yeah. Sexscience.org. All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. <laughs> now leaving nerdist.com. What? <laughs>